Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. The TalkSport Daily podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent a Car. Whether your business needs cars, vans, or larger commercial vehicles, you can rent from the best lineup in the UK with Enterprise. And with flexible long-term rental, you can get vehicles for as long as you need them, from minutes to months. Whatever the mission, Enterprise's mobility experts can build a bespoke solution to suit your business needs. Visit enterprise.co.uk forward slash business to find out more. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, hello, hello. Happy way for my friends. Welcome, of course, to another Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily podcast with me, your host, yeah, you guessed it, Andy Goldstein. And, of course, as we told you in the last episode, former Arsenal striker Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is now a Barcelona player and has already trained with his new teammates. Oh, friends! We'll hear from two gooners on breakfast, the wonderful Laura Woods and my partner in Drive Time Radio Crime, Darren Bent. But first, here's Moni Moni Simon Jordan, who thinks the situation has been farcical for all involved at the Emirates. Cue Moni. Aubameyang is a car crash. It's a car crash for the player. It's a car crash for Arsenal. It's a car crash for the manager. He sits in Barcelona having to having to climb down or having to walk out of Arsenal Football Club, a club that he captained, in, almost in the back of, a, of an embarrassing disgrace. Disgrace is a harsh word, but he's been drop kicked out of the team. For me, it's been poor. Really poor. I get it. A Bamian situation, him and the, the manager have clearly had a falling out. I can understand why they've let him go, um, because if he didn't go and the manager then had to bring him back into the squad, I think that shows weakness. So I don't think he could have done that, Mikel Arteta. They let all these players go without bringing not one person in. And when you think about the top four situation, which is wide open, the likes of Manchester United, West Ham, Tottenham, you see them strengthening with two good midfielders, one midfielder and one an attacker. You look at them and then you add Arsenal into the mix. What have Arsenal done to kind of strengthen their top four chances? They've, if anything, they've gone backwards. Can I highlight something as well in this window? The absolute emotional damage inflicted on Arsenal fans and the complete disrespect by like not just part of the the footballing universe but it feels like a unanimous object like everyone in the football universe First of all, Alexander Isak, his Rolls Royce apparently turned up in London um, and it was near it was near the Emirates. He was going to sign for Arsenal. People were taking photos. Turns out it was just out for dinner with a mate. Uh, Vlaovic has rejected Arsenal, gone to Juventus. Bruno Gomares' announcement video for Newcastle literally showed newspaper cuttings like with headlines like Bruno's on Arsenal shortlist, Arteta's ready to splash the cash. That was in his announcement video yeah. for Newcastle. Abamyang, Abamyang, I'm not done yet. Abamyang <laughs> was exiled from Arsenal for being late. He then turned up early to Barcelona. Yeah. <laughs> he took a pay cut and he went on a free. And now Aaron Ramsey's gone to Rangers. Yeah. I can, the absolute damage that we've been yeah. done in this window is too much for my small brain to even comprehend. This window, I think we looked a bit disorganised. See the board talk about trusting the pro. And, and, and stuff like that but uh-huh. there's a lot of midfielders we could have went in for properly Douglas Luiz Ruben Neves Renato Sanchez there's a lot of midfielders we probably should have and I can't believe Jack is still there if I'm being honest It shows you that there's an immense profligacy at Arsenal at times they go from one extreme to the other they go from feast to famine 
right? They go from not wanting to sign players to all of a sudden spend 130 million in the transfer window and giving certain players ridiculous amounts of money that they can't get in 90% of the clubs around the country. They can't even get some of these wages at the clubs that are winning the Premier League. So with those arguments, you find yourself in a situation where, you know, you wonder what Arsenal's motivation is. So did West Ham fare any better in the transfer window than Arsenal? Here's me and QPR striker Super Charlie Austin on yesterday's Andy Goldstein's Drive Time Show with me, Andy Goldstein. This is West Ham's time to really go and push on, sign someone to stamp it and say, right, listen, we're going to have a right go. We're going to try and get into the Champions League. I don't think they'll have this chance next season. No, they're not going to. This is what I'm saying. Everybody has a time. And what a time it is for West Ham to do it. Look at the clubs mm. around them. They haven't strengthened. Not enough. Let's be honest, not enough. enough. You look at if the clubs. Any, they've weakened. Well, I said United are weaker up top. Arsenal have let a striker go. Spurs still haven't got uh, someone to help out Harry Kane. I know they brought in two midfielders. But go and do it. Just go and rubber stamp me and say, right, I'm going to get a couple of strikers in. I'm going to help and them also real the push on. the message that would send out. Of course it does. It lifts the squad. There's no getting away from it. But Declan Rice is going to come up again. Let me. If they don't get Champions League football, right. he's going to leave. He's going to leave. In this, in the next window, if West Ham don't get Champions League he's football, gonna Declan leave. Rice will go. I think so, yeah. And what an opportunity they have to go and give it to him on a plate. Mm. I've got a horrible feeling that this transfer window meant West Ham fans will look back on with a lot of regret. It's been a brilliant opening six, seven months, whatever it's been for, for, for West Ham. They've been magnificent. David Moyes is extracting absolutely everything out of this squad. They can't do any more. They had a couple of iffy results that Leeds deserve to be desperately unlucky against Manchester United. You know, that, that can happen. But I just feel going into the latter stages, there's going to be a lot of games, a lot of competitions, yeah. a lot of travelling just felt this was a real opportunity missed. You look at West Ham in a great position in a league, mm-hmm. fifth in the table, they're there fighting for top four. They need a striker. They need to keep Declan Rice. And they come in with a Mickey Mouse offer of Calvin Phillips, which is never going to happen. I think that the West Ham fans are going to be a bit annoyed with that. I'm Jim White and this is TalkSport Daily. Yeah, new Everton boss, Super Frank Lampard, wasted no time in bolstering his squad adding Donny van der Beek and Deli Alley before the transfer deadline. Derby defender Curtis Davis thinks Goodison Park could be the perfect destination for lamps. But first, here's the Oxford gaffer Cole Robinson, who used to be Alley's manager at MK Dons, on how the England man can re-find his form. I think sometimes you can be in one place for so long and sometimes the harder you try, that sometimes the harder it becomes and sometimes you just need to take a break from that actual situation. And I think this move going to Everton could be the perfect sort of recipe for him to find that form. There's so much speculation where people sort of want to criticise him and it's so easy within within the modern industry to point fingers at people for different attitudes and sometimes hairdos and so on and so forth. And everyone thinks that's the reason why you're playing poorly. Sometimes it is just that simple that you get on with a manager or a manager just gets the best out of you and no one can actually put the finger on that and Frank's probably somebody he's arguably the best goal scorer in midfield player the Premier League seen so he knows exactly how to coach you and I'm sure he was someone to be able to help out he's in he's stuck it in what a sensational goal from Dele Alli obviously it blew me away when someone was telling me that the goal against Crystal Palace was six years ago you no think, for six years ago the goal against Crystal Palace where he flicks over the, someone the said, over the volley six years ago and you go what's happened since since then he, and he, I know he had the good season he was he was supposed to be the next Frank Lampard but you'd have to say this is kind of like his last chance really at Everton and I hope it goes really really well but he obviously fell out not fell out but towards the end with Pochettino that went 
badly. Mourinho tried to get the best out of him when he first came in. That didn't quite yeah. happen. Nuno didn't fancy him. Conte's not fancied him. There's only, there's only so much where you go, That's you know what? I need to look in the mirror and correct. go, it's got to be me. If we look back in our rearview mirror and say there's a possibility they're going to get the previous Deli Alley when he's not busy modelling boohoo pants, then maybe, <laughs> maybe. You think Frank maybe was given very few options and he just felt that he needed to have some new bodies in the building because he's got two runs of the proverbial litters, isn't he? He's got Man United saying Donny van der Beek is a pup because we just can't find him anywhere to play him or ever play him. And you've got Deli Alley that's just gone through the mincer. Talking about Barcelona light, Deli Alley light. This is someone walking around as an avatar of what, what once upon a time was Deli Alley. Frank Lampard has been confirmed as the new Everton manager on a two and a half year deal. It's good that he's had that time to reflect. He's probably been around and been studying and stuff like that in, in, in trying to improve himself again but he's waited for the right job. I know other jobs have come up. I think he was heavily linked with the Norwich job and with the Palace job, but he's, he's seen that this Everton job is the right one for him. The interesting thing I'm, I'm looking forward to is because this will be the first time he's been in the trenches as a manager. Everton should stay up, but they're at the wrong end of the table. Whereas when he was at Derby, we were pushing for a promotion. And at Chelsea, obviously Chelsea have to operate at the top of the league. So I'm interested to see how he addresses the way he, he sets up his team. On now to a bit of Newcastle and Simon Moni Moni Jordan claiming... They only have themselves to blame for not getting Jesse Messi Lingard signed. I mentioned Newcastle beginning to get frustrated with the Manchester United hierarchy over their pursuit of Jesse Lingard. TalkSport understands Manchester United have now blocked a deadline day move. Don't you think it's a bit of a source for Newcastle to be frustrated at how another football club wants to hold its assets together? I imagine Man United were frustrated when they asked about one of the Longstaff brothers a few years ago and Newcastle came up with some ridiculous figure of 50 million quid. It's not another club's gift to be frustrated with another club because ultimately it's Manchester United asset. They can do what they want. If they want to write off the cost implications of whatever they do with Jesse Lingard or uh, the goalkeeper, that's their gift. Newcastle didn't have to be frustrated. They could have written a £12 million checkout if they stay in the Premier League. It was the way that you do business and then eventually you cut your nose off and or despite your face or you move on to someone else. Jesse Lingard isn't the only player on the planet. They could have moved somewhere else if they wanted to position themselves in the last week of the transfer window or last 10 days chasing after Jesse Lingard. Then that was their planning. They've had two and a half months of, um, of Eddie uh, being in situ prior to the transfer window opening and 25 days before they really started to start their motors up about watching Jesse Lingard. I, I don't think it's Newcastle's gift to be frustrated. Now, after warnings that we should act now or fan violence will get out of hand, Football Police Chief Mark Roberts has told TalkSport that the situation amongst fans in the UK right now is not a savoury one. They were chanting for their manager's head. They're entitled to do that. What they're not entitled to do is throw flares and smoke bombs onto the pitch. Not once, but twice play had to be halted. We need to get a sense of perspective. We're not back where we were in the 80s or 90s, but we're certainly heading in the wrong direction. I think for a number of years we've seen worrying trends about the levels of disorder. Uh, but I think it's really quite stark when we look at this year's half-season report compared to the year before last, because, of course, we're not counting last year because it was predominantly empty grounds, but a 36% increase in incidents. And please bear in mind, that is games within incidents. So, for example, one game that's counted as one game within incidents to go towards that percent. Uh, one recent derby game, there was 25 individual incidents. It is concerning. I think it's been highlighted. I think the one reassuring thing is that everyone seems to be on the right page here. The leagues are concerned. The safety officers are concerned. I think increasingly government will get concerned because the first thing to do is recognise we've got a problem. Yes. And then we'll start trying to tackle it in a joined up way.
Well, that's it, gang. Thanks for listening on the TalkSport app, wherever you get your podcast from. I don't really care. Don't, of course, forget to hit that subscribe button. I do care about that. I'm back on TalkSport today on Andy Goldstein's Drive Time Show at 4pm alongside Dazza Ben. There will, of course, be another one of these Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily Podcasts out first in the morning, so do what you've got to do to get it. Until then, thanks for listening. Have a good day, and above all, be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from TalkSport. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever your mission, home or away, don't delay. Enterprise has the vehicle for the job. Rent from the best lineup in the UK. With over 450 branches, Enterprise has what your business needs. From compact three-door cars to spacious SUVs and people carriers to vans, they offer a large range of reliable vehicles perfect for the job. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.